My name is Lawrence, Okoke Mecca Lawrence, a law student from the University of Calabar, Kosovo State, Nigeria. Hey guys, my name is Ruby Akiri and I'm a student of the University of Benin. My name is Wala Marachi and I'm a 400 level student of Tanzania University. Okay, so my name is Malumi Adeboye and I am from the University of Benin. My name is Onajita Akbore and I'm a student of the University of Rio. My name is Odo Jesukobiro Jessica. I'm a law student of Delta State University, Ole Campus. My name is Mima Kajunwari from the University of Potapot and this is Gandhi 360 Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Lost and Value 360 podcast. My name is Odo Jessica Virgesica from Data State University, and I'll be your host for this episode. So, with me are two interesting guests, and they will be joining me to um, discuss on the topic that we have. So, I would like them to introduce yourself. So, first speaker, please. It's Edward Kelvin. <laughs> okay. My name is Edward Kelvin. Okay. The second speaker. Okay. My name is Ubuifi Abamihe Emmanuel. Okay. So on today's episode, we will be discussing the topic rape. Um, we'll be talking about what rape is and um, laws that provide for rape in Nigeria. We'll also be talking about instances for. Instances rape can happen, ingredients of rape, and other things that concerns rape. So, um, Avamie, I would like you to start first and just give us an introduction of what rape is. Thank you. Rape can be defined as non-consexual sexual activity. Now, rape has been the offense of rape has been enshrined into our constitution, um, into our laws by virtue of section 357 of the criminal code, section 282 of the penal code, and section 1 of the Violence Against Persons Prohibition Act. Now, they define rape as an activity in, of an activity, sexual activity in this sense that involves penetration without consent consent now the criminal code states that only a woman okay a woman and a girl can be raped but the penal code in its definition removes or exempts the girl child because I and in my opinion I think this is due to the fact that Islam the Islamic religion allows for child marriages then the violence against persons Prohibition Act states that both a man and a woman, a girl and a boy, can be raped. So that's for very soon, just understanding rape. Okay, so um, Kevin, criminal rights. What have you said? Uh, okay. Um, personally, I don't think there's even anything I can say. He has basically brushed through everything. Okay, but throwing more light and trying to emphasize on what he has said. Um, basically, the offense of rape is the most serious form of sexual assault. Rape itself is a form of sexual assault, therefore making it a little bit different from, or rather, a, a lot different from the term sexual assault, actually. 
is provided for by various laws which he has mentioned laws like um, the criminal code the violence against persons act and the penal code itself uh okay the topic of rape personally to me in my own opinion is quite it's very sensitive in the sense that most times people try to talk on the topic from a legal perspective and then they really cannot do justice to it due to the sense that the laws provided for this offense of rape have lacunas and potholes in them laws like the criminal code that clearly the criminal code and penal code that clearly do not really provide for males being raped and all that and so that's why i think the violence against persons act is kind of like the holy grail when it comes to this topic because it touches it closes all these lacunas that yeah that the laws do not provide for i mean with the the amount of corruption and sin that's going that's going on right now in our generation it has gotten to the point where men themselves they rape men so the violence against persons act has now provided now that anybody can be raped be it male be it female unlike the laws that say penetration being a key ingredient to rape since it's absent in the gender like the um, male genders themselves uh, that term penetration is actually absent to them when it comes to sexual assault so it doesn't necessarily provide that the male gender themselves can be raped so the violence against persons act and all those laws so that's just everything on rape in general okay um for almost all crimes if not all there are ingredients that are necessary to be proven by the prosecution for there to be a conviction of a person for the offense of rape so what are the ingredients that are necessary to be proven by the prosecution for a conviction of rape to hold waters okay the first ingredient i think the first thing that needs to to be established would be capacity which now bets the question who can actually rape a person because most times when you bring matters like this to the courts and if there's a provision that states the person you are bringing to court cannot rape someone then obviously you've shot yourself in the foot or you've shot your case in the foot rather okay so capacity um under section 30 of the criminal code it says that a male person under the age of 12 is presumed to be incapable of having carnal knowledge which now brings or rather carves out another part or another ingredient of rape itself carnal knowledge being another one which we'll talk or touch after we've discussed capacity in general okay so it's basically what that provision is saying now is that a male child or a male person under the age of 12 cannot be guilty of the offense of rape or attempts to rape because of the age stipulated there okay which personally i don't think it should be so i think once a person has attained the age of puberty such a person can actually do can actually commit can actually commit rape okay um another place or another lacuna that our laws have failed to actually do justice to in terms of rape is can a husband rape a wife that's another question okay so basically under the law a man or a husband cannot rape his wife because 
canal knowledge in that sense has already been given due to the fact yes exactly consent has already been given due to the fact that they are both married so he, he cannot necessarily whip, rape his um, wife but however this does not necessarily exempt him because the moment there is a court order for separation away from the two of them or there is a file for divorce from the wife that express or rather that implied consent given as a result of their marriage it's it has been withdrawn therefore the husband is guilty of rape under that um another lacuna again on capacity of rape itself was what we talked on earlier where we discussed that under the law a man cannot be raped so basically the criminal code and i think the penal code also provides that only women can be raped not girls and as Obwefi has said earlier it as a result of the fact that in his opinion which i also strongly support i align with it is that um the in on in the north there is child marriage so personally that's why they do not provide that girls can actually rape but going into the criminal code it says women and girls too so by virtue of that it only provides for that the female gender in general that can be raped like i said earlier because of that key ingredient of penetration itself which is personally like i said again a lacuna in our law and blessings to the violence against persons act that has at least brought um, done justice to that another ingredient being carnal knowledge too carnal knowledge must be proved in terms of rape so basically um you don't necessarily need to prove that the hymen has been broken or there was an emission of semen actually that's not what you use to prove carnal knowledge in general so the slightest form of penetration the slightest no, yes, exactly. I am um, a criminal law lecturer. I think he's the one taking you people now. At that time, he would tell you, no matter how, even if it's, it's not the tip, <laughs> even if it's just the tip, it doesn't matter. Provided there was penetration without a giving consent, then. Yes. Okay, so those that have been listening, we've been saying consent, 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 consent. So consent is actually an ingredient to prove the term of rape in the sense that once consent is absent, rape has been done whether expressly or impliedly it doesn't really matter so that's just all okay so we're talking about the ingredients we made mention or rather he made mention of um consent and then penetration or canon knowledge so um consent is like a very key um ingredient in rape and i would like um emmanuel to just talk about consent just Give us more information. Thank you. Um, consent can be seen to be sequanon, very important, of great necessity in proving the act of rape. According to section 131 of the Evidence Act, which states that he who asserts must prove. So if there's an assertion that rape happened, the act of rape happened, you must actually prove that consent was given or was not given yes so now to prove consent is the willingness 
to grant permission of business to engage in a particular activity in this sense sexual activity and it can be given impliedly or expressly now um, silence does not constitute consent so for example if i give you if i seek or make an offer or an invitation to treat that okay i want to have sexual activity with you (laughs) yeah and you just don't say anything and you're silent it does not necessarily mean consent consent. yes okay um that being said i'm going to address some certain other sub-elements such as withdrawal of consent ineffective and effective consent then fraudulent and fraudulent consent or misrepresentation okay okay and, and objections okay i'm going to talk up start with withdrawal of consent um it begs the question when consent has been given at the beginning of sexual activity can it be withdrawn midway or during the act of sexual um, sex okay um it has been argued and been the contention of so many parties that it cannot because when sexual activity begins a man is or the person who starts the sexual activity is seen to be in a state of insanity okay so when the hormones and the whole yeah <laughs> person is not <laughs> cannot be controlled at that particular point in time so people have argued that yes that once a concept has been given it cannot be it has been given it cannot be withdrawn until it has been concluded but it's my contention that it's that is the wrong stance yes that's not legal and that business is not correct okay now this is the case of equal against the state which would be like a ground to answer this question in this case a prostitute was being paid by some boys to engage in sexual activity although it was an illegal contract but still when the sexual activity began midway she withdrew consent then they still continue with sexual activity. Now the court helps that. Courts had to determine the issue. Raise the sole issue for determination. Whether the prostitute could draw consent during sex. Yes. And the court helped that. As far the consent has been effective effectively withdrawn, then when you continue with sexual activity, then it is rape. Yes. Um, so, moving further, I'm going to address the um, course of time. I'm going to address effective and ineffective consent. Okay. Now, consent is effective when it is given with the whole willingness as to engaging in that particular. But ineffective consent is when consent is given, is given, it's given what most times not, it's given fraudulently, falsely, as um, as the willingness to continue engaging that act. So from there, I'll just quickly run to um, fraudulent Consent. consent. I'm going to use the case of R against flattery. 
whereby contract was given, but it was given as to surgery, but not um, sex. Yes, but not sex. So the court held that she gave consent, yes, but but that consent was for surgery and not for sex. So if you fraudulently get consent from a person concerning and have sex with that person concerning the nature of the act. For example, if you tell the person that if I sleep with you, you'll be healed of HIV or something. That is fraudulent and false. So now you'll be held for rape. Yes. So that's just something on. So basically, there are, I think rape is like a very sensitive topic in Nigeria and then it has been really rampant for some time now. So I'm wondering how easy is it to get a conviction for rape in Nigeria? So, um, Agamie, please. Okay. Um, it's very difficult very very difficult to get a confession for rape first because or first of all because of the society society stigmatization and ostracization yes if a girl child comes out or the parents find it difficult to bring like the child and state that okay my child has been a victim of rape and it is seen to be unmanly for a man to come out in yeah. Nigerian society, which is which, <laughs> which is fueled by uh, yes toxic masculinity, to state that we are raped. Because they told you when you have the sexual activity was happening, was your manhood not standing and alive? Then why was it not? Yes, you saw the thing and you liked it and all those stuff. Yes, so. And you reacted, <laughs> and you re- so it's not like it's people find it difficult in society to actually think that a man can be raped. So with that, back, they even tell you, but I'm sure you enjoyed the sexual activity. So it's very difficult. First and mostly because of society. Second, because of religion. Okay, religion, in they tell you forgive and forget. I said. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, yeah. as a Muslim, why are you taking you to the court? Why you you want to just disgrace the person? The Bible tells you to forgive, and your family the Bible tells you to forgive, forgive this person, leave it all to God, and all those stuff. And there's a lot of rape um, situations have been swept underneath the carpet, so it's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing that makes um, rape cases extremely difficult to prove is most cases of rape or rather let's say sexual assault are more of a my word against your word basis in the sense that the guy does it and like Agbamiye has said earlier it probably takes a very long time for these victims sorry not victims survivors for these survivors to come out and say this is what happened to me and so the moment they come out and say this is what happened to me that way of proving it because it's always a she said it i didn't do it or he said it and i didn't do it kind of thing so most times it's extremely difficult especially in when you take it to court because you now have to go and start proving all these 
elements and all these requirements and all those things we stated in although bless the movement of um, medicine as the movement of medicine has actually helped in proving this penetration and this kind of stuff but it's a very very yes exactly it's still difficult to actually prove rape in general okay if we are flowing from what you said the fact that forensic science in Nigeria is not really established. We have like just only <laughs> <laughs> we have just like one or two forensic labs. Yeah. And laws as to the admissibility of forensic materials or data is not even strong in Nigeria. So you can't actually get the semen and do the test run and all those stuff. Send or call for a forensic scientist to look at the area in which that thing happened, uh, the activity happened. So it's very difficult because a lot of, in other crimes, there are a lot of things that goes into proving rape. It's always which, down Yes. So it's only about in court. I, you said I did it. I did not do it. That is the only thing. And the sad part is like, the way rape is being um, displayed in the media i won't say displayed let's say perpetrated in the media in the sense that okay you watch a movie and then every rape scene has to do with the man forcing himself on the woman sure and then the woman screaming and like oh my god oh my god no it doesn't necessarily have because now i think like that notion now says when he was doing it why were you not screaming or when he was doing it why were you not shouting no it's a lot less it's more on the down low like it happens most times like we said without consent force is also an element too i think before we didn't add that earlier force most times is an element but necessarily it should just be taken now that it should or it should be understood that if there is no yes you can do this to me if there is an absence of consent what you are doing if penetration was involved is rape provided the person did not accept you don't necessarily need to pound someone or pan a beat the person or force yourself exactly go the extra mile before you can say no i think this should actually because most people in relationships the moment their girlfriend tells them or their boyfriend because now thanks to violence against persons act that's possible less violence against persons act so the moment one person in the relationship is no and then the other person is all like come the, the next thing you know consent was not given obviously from what we've been saying flowing from what we've been saying that's obviously rape but then again because of like i said the way the media perpetuates what rape should look like it has to do with a guy just like that kind of stuff so i think all that stuff has actually contributed to the difficulty of actually establishing a cogent rape case and proving it in the country um i think another sensitive matter when it comes to rape has to do with the sexual positions so many people have the opinion that sexual positions can actually determine if there was rape or there was no rape like why should she be on top if she was being raped and the sss and the sss so my question now is that can sexual positions actually affect the um, courts like the decision of the court in reaching whether there was a convict whether there was rape or not that is to actually convict the offender okay um first of all i think i can get where the inference of this stuff is coming from uh, chris, chris land okay um 
flowing from everything we've said, first of all, personally, I don't think sexual, whatever sexual position you are doing at the moment that you are having unlawful and unconsensual kind of knowledge of another person should determine whether or not rape happened or not. The sexual position to me and to a lot of people do not affect rape in the sense because whether or not, like you said earlier, whether or not she's on top, whether or not he's on top, whether or not they're on the side, whether <laughs> whether they are under the bed, it does not matter. I mean, rape doesn't necessarily need to even be in the bedroom in the first place. So where are these theories that sexual position influence whether or not rape happened? No, I don't think so. Um, addressing that, I think there's another... Okay, let's just flow from it. So I don't think... The answer to my question is no. The sexual position does not... Yes, flowing from everything we've said, so, trying to... So you don't think that the courts will be swayed by the sexual position in reaching their decision? I, I don't... Okay, I think... I don't think the courts will be swayed by the sexual position. I think the courts, in its own discretion, can be swayed by the will I say body movements like I, I don't really know how to explain it okay like there are some certain mannerisms a person displays during sex that might make you think this person has consented to this I think that is what the court should be looking at if at all it gets to that point so position does not include that it, it, I don't <laughs> Just because someone is raping someone in a missionary style, it's still rape now. The style does not necessarily change. It can be on the roof anywhere. It doesn't... Rape is rape. If it was not consensual, then I don't think it's rape. Yes, exactly. Okay, just to lend my voice to that. Um, I feel when addressing this issue, we should also take note of the fact that concerning um, consent and the fact that rape can be constructive in the sense that I may actually have given you consent on the fact that you have a certain undue influence over me. So, for example, as a father telling telling your daughter that doing this, when you do this particular act, is a form of respect. So, when you have, when the child or something is on the father, you know that it's not it's, it's not exactly. um, what is up, what is yes. operating in her mind is that I am respecting my. Yes. So she may be doing it well, but is actually rape. And the fact that um, concerning sexual positions, I also feel like the court, based on its subjective look at everything, we also look at the fact that some certain things, not that it would have a sound effect, but to still look at it. Wait, how, why is this girl yeah. doing it like this? Yeah. And this no, yes, why is this boy doing it like this? It shows that, mm mm, mm mm, mm Yes, yes, the court is human, and the court will be like, mm, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. Because you can't be doing it and be making so much sounds and enjoying it so much and tell me that this is not real. Except if your constructive, undue friend stuff is not there. Okay, so victims of rape come from a wide range of gender, age, sexual orientation, ethnicity, location, and SSS. So, um, 
most people when there's an instance of rape will consider what is she wearing what is she this what is she that but then we have seen instance of um a like totally covered lady being raped and we've seen instance of the reverse case so this um the question is that whose fault is it when it comes to rape like who should take the blame because like majority of people are that what she wearing what was she wearing all the SSA. so whose fault is it okay and most times i find it kind of disgusting when i hear a rape case and or rather we are discussing rape and then someone is of the opinion that because the girl or at this point the guy is in a certain way or in a certain form in a certain it's not an invitation to treat i did not invite you to come and rape me just because i am dressed in a part in a, it's you do not have as much you do not have any control over what i should be putting on forget whether it's a society or i am not you i am not going to be blamed for you not being able to control whatever sexual urges you have at the time i think what many people seem to not get is that rape necessarily is not about sexual pleasure most times most times it's more or less about power it's about the that's or exactly asserting that dominion most times it's not rape necessarily does not flow from having a sexual urge i mean sex is as easy to get these days as pure water so i don't think go like it's not necessarily about um in a randy state or i'm horny it's about power in that sense so i find it very very annoying most times when um we're discussing rape and then someone says i think um personally my view on rape was kind of molded from listening to TED talks, listening to podcasts like this. Um, aside from also what I've also learned in school, I think I was watching this TV series one time. It's called Grand Army. Anybody who wants to check it out can check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, basically, the girl was, I would say, she was a loose cannon in the sense that she dressed the way she wanted to spoke the way she wanted to and she always surrounded herself with male people so basically from the plot of the whole thing you could actually get why people don't want to root for her when she came forward with a rape case because there were so many people who were all of the opinion that yeah, even me personally yeah exactly while watching the series at first i was like ah, obviously what were you expecting you are going out to a party and you are sitting in the no one is saying that you should not be careful when it comes to things like this no one is saying you should not be conscious of your environment when you are in an entirely male dominated place or in an entirely female dominated place it can go both ways no one is saying you should be loose if no one is i feel listeners will get my point what i'm just saying now is that a rape survivor because at this point i don't feel i should be calling them victims a rape survivor is not to blame whether or not they were dressing innocently or not they are not 
supposed to control whatever sexual urge you have at the moment that you felt or rather whatever quest for power you had at the moment you committed the act of rape so that's just my own it's the fault of the abuser it's the fault of the rapist end of story that's just it okay i'm lending my voice what you said in my own opinion it depends it's the fault of society and religion Yes, I have like my issue with because <laughs> society, for example, let me use Nigerian the Nigerian society as a case study. Um, for example, in Nigeria, we are not used to ladies exposing their bodies. Yes, so we are used to being covered up. Even in our religion, various religion, we are used to ladies being covered up, and we see it as a sign of being whole being pure pure. yes and virginity and all those stuff so the nigerian men and women are not used to seeing people being unclad so when they see people being unclad they're like wow no no this is wrong this is wrong so it's now like when you go out and you expose your body you it was like an invitation to treat anybody who wants to make an offer to you can make an offer to you and you don't have a right to reject it so it's no longer about being the rapist's uh, fault it's now about being your fault so you're now to protect yourself from every sexual predator outside by yourself and the society holds you responsible that's it so it's more like religion and our mindset and the way we have been if not only in nigeria even some other crimes so society has that mindset towards rape so i feel the person who should be held responsible responsible is the rapist himself the person who carries out that rape um, rape sexual act that should be held right okay so um from what we've discussed thus far we can see that um, society's opinion of most times the lady being at fault for her mood of dressing, the people she rolls with, and the rest is absolutely wrong. And rape is totally on the fault of the party that carries out the act. So, um, I think one of the reasons why um, people who are survivors, like I said, of rape activities or rape do not come out it's because of stigmatization like i don't think society is fully averse with this rape thing or they are fully comfortable with it i think most times they would rather you be silent than come out in the open and talk about what happens to you so i would like um, kevin to talk about some of the stigmatization that rape survivors have to go through in trying to audible about what has happened to them okay um first of all i want to start by saying that um nobody likes to talk about serious issues especially in this country especially in this our generation nobody wants to talk about anything serious once i'm guilty of that i think every single person is guilty of that once something is getting too serious we just like to detach ourselves from it okay um stigmatization is 
the one reason why most rape people i'm sorry rape survivors or sexual assault people who have survived through sexual assault or been through it they tend not to want to come out because the community i like how um Akubamie said the society is to blame the society has not exactly done a very good job in welcoming people who have been through it uh, i'd like to start by saying that i most times rape the act itself when as a rape survivor not like me personally over like when you are a rape survivor as a person i think it is the memory of the act that haunts you the most not even that the fact that you were raped it's the memory that constant feeling that or fear that you have lost at a certain point in time you lost control of what to do with your body someone had full control of your body at a certain point in time that's a very scary thing it's something that i don't think anybody will want to go through over and over again and this is what rape survivors go through every single day especially in situations whereby the person who committed this act is always there or is close to them because it happens yeah. I, um if you gave an example of a father who does it to a child and that kind of child wakes up in the morning and greets that father every day see it's a very mentally challenging kind of thing so stigmatization is something i think the society should please eradicate because the truth is making fun of someone or making someone feel less than they are supposed to feel simply because you are not comfortable with the issue the person is want the person wants to be addressed is extremely on a whole it's a whole different level of wickedness and I think the society needs society, us as a society, we as a country, we need to do better in accepting this. And bless the Lord, so far there are so many um, gender neutral organizations that tend to help rape um, survivors, sexual assault victims. And I'm actually very, very happy that things, I'm happy that the law is now progressing to at least state now that um males can also be raped too i'm happy at even though it's slow progress it is progress and i honestly pray that it gets to a stage whereby you don't need to hide and torture yourself mentally when you have gone through something like this you don't need to inflict that much pain on yourself even after you have gone through that kind of pain initially you should be able to it takes bravery especially in a society in a society like this it takes so much bravery for someone to come out and say this happened to me that happened to me so please what i have to say is share your story forget what people will say there are still people who are looking for someone as brave as you to get up and actually say this happened to them your story can change a lot of your story can change a lot of lives your story can touch a lot of persons no one is saying you should be a poster child for rape that's not what we're saying but i'm just of the opinion that talk to someone let's the rapist be brought to justice that's just my opinion stigmatization should not be a thing the fear of stigmatization should also not be a thing too then another thing i want to um, quickly address is the i feel like we as a society we always tend to bring up this um issue of guys can be raped too when females are trying to get their voices heard 
in issue of rape. I am not against saying a guy can be raped. Like I have stated earlier, anybody can be raped. But I don't think it's you should be spearheading your own agenda while someone who went through something like that is trying to speak up, irrespective of the gender. If a guy comes out now and says, I'm raped, I don't think that is the time for a band of girls to just come together and say, well, it happens to girls too. Why is it only the guy's story we hear? Or it happens to guys too. Why is it only the girl's story we hear? It happens a lot. The moment a girl comes outside and says she was raped, ah, the next thing you know, there, there are always those Twitter, Twitter muscle heads. Or the moment a guy comes out and says, well, there are always those Twitter... I don't want to call them feminists because they are not even feminists. They are always there to make you understand to that um, other people can go through that. It's not only you. So that kind of stuff is just it. Okay. Um, in addition to what he said, the issue of stigmatization actually gives more energy to rapists, basically. Exactly. Because um, these rape survivors have to go in hiding when they did absolutely nothing, nothing. wrong. You. So I don't understand who are we encouraging. So the issue of stigmatization should actually come to an end. And then he, while he was explaining um, stigmatization of rape survivors, he made mention of sexual assault. So, um, Abami, please, I would like you to throw more light between the, differ- the difference between rape and sexual assault, if there is a difference, actually. Okay, um, as we have, at the beginning of this um, podcast, we defined what rape is. Yes. So, one characteristic effects or, or one characteristic of rape is penetration yes. yes so penetration through the anus penetration through the vagina penetration through the mouth penetration through any opening the ear the nose by an extension of your body or using an object whatsoever then sexual assault can be a sexual conduct or behavior done towards a person which does not um, person has not given consent expressed or implied to so rape can be a form of sexual assault so so rape can actually be a form of sexual assault so rape is under sexual assault why sexual assault is like the umbrella yes so fondling fondling with a person is actually a form of sexual assault. Uh, yes, without consent, it's actually a form of sexual assault. Kissing, voyeurism, and all this stuff are also forms of sexual assault. Yes, although it does not necessarily involve penetration. But rape, for it to be rape, penetration must, must be done. Yes, that is it main difference. Okay. Um, in DVP versus Morgan, I think the court held that the element the mental element of rape is intention to have sexual intercourse with the woman's without the woman's consent or with indifference as to whether she consented or not as such that if an accused person believed that the woman was consenting then he should not be guilty of rape even though he had no reasonable grounds for this belief i think this judgment of the court <laughs> as esteemed as the court is is a little bit open for escapes and 
to be taken advantage of. So, um, Elder Kevin, I would like you to talk about basically the mental element of rape, the motive of rape, and just give us a critical analysis on this judgment of the court. Okay, I'm critical. <laughs> okay, um, okay, sorry. Thank you very much. Um, the judgment of the court, like you have said earlier, as esteemed as the court is, it has now given some form of room for actual rapists. I use the term actual rapists because, yes, they are rapists. Um, it has now given them room to, I want to say, like escape from the hand of justice. So the mental element of rape, remember I said earlier that most times rape is not necessarily about sexual urge. Most times it could be about a power, it's a power play or it's an essence of dominion. So basically, here's the thing. Rape, the mental element of rape must be present in the sense that the rapist must have the intention or must be indifferent towards whether or not the person says yes. In that grounds, the court is accurate. Where I feel there is a little bit of this is where the court now said that so if the rapist says that he was not aware that or he believes not even says exactly if he believes okay i think along the line um we are going to actually touch on effective because i remember if he said it earlier effective consent consent must like consent given or consent not given must be effective so in that sense, I think if you are giving your consent or if you are not giving your consent, it has to be effective. That's the party or rather the person now that has been accused of rape must have been aware that your consent was not given. That's my own personal opinion. No one is a mind reader. So we cannot necessarily tell exactly but the thing is this now the withdrawal of consent necessarily could be done it doesn't necessarily need to be done by i've withdrawn consent or i don't want to do it again most times it could also be done by certain mannerisms that the moment you the actual rapist now aware that from the way this person is behaving or the way this person is acting this person obviously does not want this if you go ahead to still continue then you are a rapist in that sense because you are aware consent was if um, withdrawal of consent was effective you were made the person did not put it down in writing the person did not scream don't touch me again that kind of stuff but you can tell that the person is the person is wincing the moment you are touching so you are clearly aware that uh, this person is not so my advice most times because i think this boils down to like mostly people in relationships these boyfriends and girlfriends when you see that your boyfriend or your girlfriend is is obviously not in the mood let me say in the mood to it because and let me use our native this now just avoid that scenario just try your best to just understand your partner or the person you are with at that point in time knowing fully well that the person didn't necessarily say it but 
if the person is displaying certain acts or mannerisms that lets you understand that such a person has not consented to whatever sexual act we're about to do then it's clear that rape was done if you still proceed to do it when you are fully aware i think that's the intention the court is trying to talk about necessarily that's in my own view personally i think that the belief of the accused person is or rather should be um, immaterial yes because you are saying if he believes whether on reasonable grounds or not it's, it's not just on reasonable grounds exactly. whether on reasonable grounds or not that's like a very big loophole for anybody to just pass through basically yes. so um while we are talking about ingredients of rape and having talked about um, capacity and he said that a that an husband cannot be guilty of rape so my um question to Agwamiye is this um what do you think about marital rape or should like generally what do you think about marital rape should there be an introduction of marital rape or should we leave the law as it is okay okay um marital rape although by virtue of the law or by the provisions of the law we find out that it's almost impossible for you to establish a case concerning concerning a man raping his wife because it is seen that they are like one one they are one and so establishing a case concerning rape is very difficult but i think there are some exceptions for example when they are separated when they are not in a good relationship and standing and also the nature of the act when the circumstances of the case the court can then infer that okay well, by these circumstances it was rape and consent was not given okay just because of time that's what i think um recently or not recently the national assembly was trying to pass a bill on marital rape and it was strongly opposed by we know we know who actually we know who opposed so um i really think that's one issue that the lord really needs to look at because marriages require a lot and a lot goes on in marriages so um basically so um rape survivors go through a lot from mental health issues to We've talked about stigmatization before. So, what are the effects of rape on rape survivors? Okay, um, I think I'm almost out of time. So, because of time, I'm just going to like go through it. Exactly. If you can make a part two, that would be amazing. Um, effects of rape on rape survivors. Um, first of all, you have, I think, that low self-esteem. Basically, it beats your self-esteem to a pulp and you basically cannot move on the streets without imagining or hearing whispers and thinking uh, this person they raped this person or this person allowed herself to be raped or this girl is claiming she's it's always claiming it's never like she said it it happened they're always assuming that the person assumed or is claiming that the person was raped so it basically beats your self-esteem to a pop um i think another thing it does is it could actually be traumatizing it like I think earlier I said that the memory of you losing 
the willpower or you losing full control of your body at a certain time give basically another person forcefully taking it from you that thought is not something i wish on my worst enemy so i think that's a very traumatizing experience um in most cases rape survivors tend to even see the rapist the person that raped them a lot a lot and it kind of affects it's a very traumatizing experience um aside from that i think it's also it affects you mentally as an individual it kind of screws up your thinking because you are always i don't think a person can function properly without having full closure in fact even if closure comes it's exactly so it's not really something that anybody should there are various other effects of rape itself but i think these are some of the issues especially when okay most times um the act now leads to maybe the girl getting pregnant and exactly so all those kind of things it can basically disrupt the flow of your life someone who has her life plans and these are just the lucky ones because we're saying rape survivors rape survivors these are the ones that even survive the act of rape because there are instances where someone gets raped and the person dies that's even another death is another one to save let's add that one on top death because we are saying rape survivors there are people who do not survive the act of rape so that's um, okay in addition it's for example in nigerian society once a girl says she has been raped it also becomes it automatically becomes very difficult for her to get married becomes difficult for her to get married because the mothers will be like ah that girl that was raped want to bring her to this house the friends will be like that girl that was raped down they don't use that like right stigmatization sometimes even businesses if you have a business and you're being raped it affects your business because the holier than that was like ah no that girl that has been raped has been defiled and nobody wants to be a friend to a rape victim <laughs> It has a lot of things that affects you. Okay, so there's another tricky aspect when it comes to rape. False accusations. I've been dying to talk this. False accusations. So basically, you are just going to brush up false accusation and then talk about if you think there should be punishment in such instances. Okay, personally, yes, there should be. There should be some sort of grievous punishment to anyone yes very grievous one to anyone who comes out openly and then claims to be a rape at this point you are not a survivor you are a victim you come out and you claim to be a rape victim and it now turns out that you are doing it for clout or some sort of unnecessary pity i think there should be grievous punishment so for because i don't even know how messed up an individual would be to want to come out and say I was raped when you were not raped necessarily. Okay, touching that aspect, I think the world right now is waiting for someone who will come out and I won't say the world, I'll say men, but also women too. They are waiting for someone who will come out and accuse somebody of rape and then they now find out that it's false. Oh, that person 